Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And today with us, we have author Michelle Major. Thank you for being with us today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I know I'm thrilled. I'm, I know yeah. Bree's thrilled, but I know I'm also thrilled. We're for sure. excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so makes three of us. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. So why don't you share with us um, uh, where we can find you online and uh, a little bit more about yourself? You bet. I would love to. So you can find me online. Uh, my website is michellemajor.com and all of the all of the details, all the social media links are there. I also do a monthly newsletter with a special giveaway just for newsletter subscribers. And then I'm on both Facebook and Instagram at Michelle Major Books. And I'm also on Twitter, but I will say um, Instagram and Facebook are sort of my happy places for content. So that's where I'm most active. Awesome. Awesome. So your newest book, Wildflower Season, is already out by the time this goes live. Um, I personally am so excited for it. (laughs) Do you do anything special on your release dates? Well, I will say that one of the things I try to do on my release dates is not to compulsively look at the Amazon rankings over and over again. Um, you know, I really love celebrating release days. I am online a lot on release dates because it's the readers who I really want to, I want to celebrate with because they're the reason that I do this and I have a great family. I love them, but I'm not sure they appreciate a new book coming out as much as the online community does. For sure. For sure. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we are always fascinated to learn how romance readers and writers found their way to the romance genre. According to your website, your origin story involves a plane ride and a Julia Quinn novel. I love it already. <laughs> what was it yeah. about Julia Quinn that inspired you to begin writing romances of your own? So I, it was a plane ride. So I, um, I was working in human resources and I was flying all over the country and I was really terrified to fly. And I picked up, I'd never read romance. I feel like I was so late to the party, especially in the category world. And so I picked up this romance. It was a Julia Quinn. It was, um, it was, I think, it was like the fourth Bridgerton book. I can't remember the name of it, but it was Benedict's story. And I was just totally captivated. And I realized at that point that, oh my gosh, the stories that I had been telling myself for years, kind of in my head, they could be romance novels. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I kind of found my place in the world at that moment. So that was that was really my how my start as a reader and I think as a writer okay. began. Oh, awesome! Benedict's now, I story to, I think is my favorite. I just have <laughs> to say so. Like one fun part of your story that I saw online was that okay, so you did your degree in journalism, you graduated, you're from a, like the Midwest. And you're like, I'm going west. <laughs> so you go to Colorado. And I'm like, I can just imagine, you like now online, something that's really cool is people that like live out of their cars and kind of just travel all over the states. And you were talking about on your website how you like would sleep under the stars and stuff like that. And I'm like, that is so cool. And it sounds like Michelle Major was like living that life before it was like a cool thing on YouTube to do. Well, we have to so... connect with that thing. Um, I think when I was doing it, it might have been called a little bit homelessness, but um, yeah, I was, I was really determined. I, you know, I just wanted to live in the mountains. So I, my first job in Colorado was a, on a dude ranch right out of college. And then when that ended and I didn't have anything else, you know, I had a car and I had all my stuff in plastic bags. And so um, I had an uncle in New Mexico who kind of handed me a tent and said, good luck. And so that's, um, that's what I did. I camped around the Four Corners area until I could find, you know, a way to make a living to 
to pay rent. And um, I pers- I have a teenage daughter now, and I'm not sure I'd recommend it for her. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was really great. Times change. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, yeah. Like, now I feel like that would be so dangerous. Right? But I think that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Just that freedom. So, okay. Was it hard to do anything with the journalism degree? You know, I, um, it was a little bit, but what I interestingly found that journalism was something that I really loved in theory. I loved, you know, the, the, I loved the writing. I loved um, learning about marketing and advertising campaigns, but it was a little dry doing it as a career. So then okay. um, that's when I kind of moved into human resources. And, you know, initially when I was in high school and I told my parents I wanted to be an English major, my dad, who was very sweet and protective, was like, well, that's great, but you can't make a living doing that. So you're going to need to do something else. And I think that's how I, how I got to journalism, but, but fiction and fiction reading and fiction writing were, you know, that creative part of it were really what I love. So I'm so grateful. I found my way back to that. That's awesome. Um, Still the one was your first book for special edition. What was your journey to getting published like, and how did you become con- uh, become connected with Harlequin? Um, well, when I, I, like we talked about, I read the Julia Quinn book, and I thought, mm-hmm. and then I went on this huge historical romance binge, and I thought, oh, I, I'm going to write a historical romance. and But I had two little babies at the time, kids in diapers, and the there were a couple of things. One, the research for historical romance is really, I mean, to do it well, I, you know, I just hats off to those authors. Mm -hmm. And I also then, as I, as I started writing and learning more about craft, my voice, which my writing voice tends to be, I think a little more contemporary anyway, Um, my sense of humor and kind of the snarkiness of it. And so that's when I discovered um, Harlequin and the category romance and just contemporary romance in general. So I was really um, doing a lot of writing in that area, as well as going to conferences and entering contests. Um, But then you know, I was sending out pages to agents and I found one who I really connected with. And, um, she, we had initially submitted still the one to the super romance line because that was what I read the most and they just felt like it wasn't a fit and she, but special wanted it. And so, um, you know, then I read every special edition I could get my hands on. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I love this. I love the the concentration on, you know, heart and home. And so it just felt like a really great fit from there. Awesome. Yeah, I, do. I feel like that's advice that we hear every time is like, once you find the line or the line finds you, yeah, read everything that you can in that line. Mm-hmm. Would you say, would you say like that's advice that you would give aspiring category authors, like figure out kind of the lanes that you want to be in and then read everything that's out there? Do you feel like that's still something that people should do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say even before, you know, you decide, like I said, I, I think I had focused on supers to start because that's what I was familiar with. But if I had you know, done more reading across the different lines, then, you know, I think the special editions would have resonated with me in that way. But yes, I, I, you know, I think that is, that is great advice for any aspiring author is to take a look at, you know, who the, who's doing well and what you're interested in. And then Mm -hmm. just to get a sense of where you fit. I think that's, that's great. Absolutely. 
Um, we have quite a few listeners who are new to the world of category romance. How would you describe uh, the special edition line to someone who has never read a book under that line before? Gosh, that is a really good question. How to describe special edition. I think it is a line with a strong focus on on heart and home and community, but the stories also deal with a lot of really deeply emotional, real life issues that I think are relatable to a lot of readers, but they do it in a way where you are, you do have that promise of a really happy ending that I think romance readers want. So to me, it, it encompasses a lot of things. It can be funny and sweet and sexy, and it's just a great melding of a lot of aspects that make con- contemporary and category romance so special. Mm-hmm. I agree. Your first book, was it 2014? I think it came out in 2013. Yeah. 2013. Okay. What was entering into that series like in 2013? Like what what were kind of, if you were to tell us all of the books that you read when you first got published, like how are they different from like what you're putting out now and what you're seeing now? Is there a big difference? You know, I think... I would have to go back and read some of those early books. <laughs> I, I, I would say the difference is, and I think this is why to me, category romance is such a great, I mean, I think it's a great overall place to be writing because of the shorter stories. It's such a great subgenre in which to hone your craft because you really have to know what you're doing with writing a story in 55 to 60,000 words to get everything you want on the page. So I would guess what is different between the books I'm writing now and the books I was writing then. One is the speed with which I can write one um, (laughs) very practically, but also I think my confidence in my own voice. I feel really comfortable with, with what I'm doing, which I also think then allows me to stretch and go a little further with the stories as well. I'm writing confidence in your own voice down because I love that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's chat about the trilogy, Maggie and Griffin, uh, that came out in 2018. Um, so all three of those books focused on the same couple and I don't think, and I've read a lot of category romance. I don't think I've ever really seen that even in just contemporary. Did you know going in that you knew that their story needed more to tell and that's why you broke it into the trilogy? So interestingly, Harlequin came to me with the idea to do a trilogy focusing on one couple for all three books because they had done some focus groups with readers and that was feedback that they had received was that they they really they wanted something, you know, more and kind of longer. So, but being a category romance author, I loved the challenge of it and I loved being able to take their story, Maggie and Griffin, and and expand it and make it bigger. But I was also really conscious of the promise of the story that you mm-hmm. you give and the fact that readers were going to have to go along with something they hadn't before, in that, you know, you don't get that that closure with the main couple at the end. So we did do a, a kind of sub sub romance, a secondary romance in each of the books because I wanted, I wanted some happily ever after at the end of each of them. That's awesome. I I thought that that series was fantastic. I loved it. Um, (laughs) What what we love so much about the Magnolia Sisters series is series is the found family aspect. What inspired you to write that series? Well, I I my actually it was a sort of real life inspiration. My mom's best friend, who I've known for most of my life, did a like a 
a DNA, like a 23andMe or, D, you know, what are one of those send away mm-hmm. DNA things and discovered that the man she thought was her father wasn't her father. And she had this whole other family. And I think it's something that you know, you hear more about with how connected people are in the world. And so I, I thought that was, I just thought that was such an interesting aspect of, you know, what happens if the way you grew up wasn't, wasn't really the, the whole truth. So, um, that is, that is how that came to be. Yeah. I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite memoirs is called Inheritance by Danny Shapiro. And that's the entire book, yes. like taking a DNA test and learning like the guy that I grew up thinking was my dad is not my dad. And he had unfortunately passed away. And then, yeah, I just, I love stories like that. Mm-hmm. I think the genealogy craze yes. is just, it's so fascinating. I, I yeah. think it is too. And I would say, you know, they, a lot of people I've read or I've heard that most authors kind of have have a theme an overarching theme in most of their books and I really think mine is that that finding your home and probably part of it is because you know I have strong roots in Ohio but I I was determined to find my place in the west and so that was another aspect of that that I thought was you know, really intrigued me is putting together these women who, you know, all for whatever reason, you know, don't quite feel like they, they fit in or they found their place in the world and how can they do that? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really great series. (laughs) So the Um, series is, I mean, the series is more women's fiction, right? Like we would, so, and we have seen a lot of romance authors writing more women's fiction. Were you ever intimidated by stepping into like these, this different, the single title genre title, you know, I think I felt so interestingly, the Magnolia sisters series started as it was going to be a spinoff of one of my special edition series, the Crimson Colorado series. So mm-hmm. I knew after 11 books in Crimson, which I dearly loved, it is a town that is really a, a sort of a mix of all of my favorite little mountain towns in Colorado. But I knew I wanted to to branch out and try a different world. And so I came up with this this series, and then even as I was writing the proposal, and then when I sent it to my editor, I just thought, gosh, this is bigger than what I can do in special edition with this, because mm-hmm. I think the categories, which I love writing, have that really, really spotlight focus on the couple. And mm-hmm. the, these books just felt like more. So... I don't think I was in, I probably should have been intimidated, but I don't think I was because I was just so into getting this story on paper. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine you being intimidated by anything at this point. (laughs) You you literally lived in a tent camping out on your own as a young woman. Like, I can't even imagine you being intimidated. (laughs) The blank page is really intimidating. Sitting down every day is intimidating. Because that's one of the things about that series that I really enjoyed. I mean, like, yes, there's a romance. There's a great romance in all three of those books. But the relationship between the sisters, I mean, that's the heart and soul of that series. And like you said, you know, you're, you're at a specific word count for special edition. I just feel like it would have been more focused on the romance where I really liked the mix that you did for that. It's, and it's really well done. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, This year you are releasing your Carolina girls series, which has a novella and four books that are releasing in 2021. What can you share with us about the series and what do you enjoy about writing both category and single title? Okay, so the Carolina Girls is actually, it's kind of a Magnolia Sisters spinoff. So um, it is set in the world of Magnolia, North Carolina. And really, 
that was because, again, another collaboration between my editor and myself that I just loved that world. And as I was writing the the final Meredith, who was the third sister, when I was writing her book, there was just, I felt like there was more to explore in that world. And one of the things I love about writing a series, either for single title or for special edition, is that readers get to revisit the the characters they've known and loved in the series. So I felt like I wasn't done with, with the sisters. I, I've given them their happily ever after, and I wanted readers to, to see that, to know what happened to them. So the Carolina girls... Um, Spins off in wildflower season is actually set in the um, in the town, and the the sister of the hero from book three comes and kind of falls in love with the the dad's house, and you know wants to reinvent her life. And so, I really hope that that what readers will see is this sort of new aspect to the town and some new people coming in, but they'll get to get to revisit their, their favorites as well. And so then you had a second part of the question, which I was the, the single title and category and yeah, gosh, I love writing both. I do love, I love the expansive world and typically my with how my publishing schedule is, I kind of go back and forth between writing a category um, and then the single title. And so it's almost like it keeps it really fresh for me as a writer to kind of do that more expansive world and then to really focus on the couple and the romance within a community. So um, I think it's, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to do both. Can I just say that the cover to Wildflower Season is gorgeous? It's so beautiful, (laughs) isn't it? Yes, the art department just knocked it out of the park. So So do you have any, are you like giving them a brief description of like, this is the book? Like how do you do you have any part in what the cover looks like? I yeah, do. We do sort of cover concepts and inspiration, and some of it comes, you know, as we're brainstorming titles. But I feel like as the series has gone on, and you know, Harlequin has really gotten to know what it's about, and I've become more comfortable with it. I just think they are doing such an amazing job. So, and I will mention, um, we're doing, I think it's a really fun, we're doing a pre-order promotion with wildflower season, where if, if anyone pre-orders it, you can go to my website and just enter in the information. And we're sending out packets of wildflower seeds, as well as a personalized letter from Emma, the main character. So it's sort of a intro to this series. Please send us all that information and we'll put it on our Instagram. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So when you talk about that feeling of like, I know that there's more, like I'm not Mm -hmm. done here. What's the process of then like, I mean, shout out to editors. Editors sound so cool. Um, (laughs) What's the process then? Are you, you in conversation with your editor and you're like, I just, I don't feel like I'm done. And then it's like, well, give me an idea. And then you give the idea. And then are they like pitching it for you? Like, what's the process of like, Mm -hmm. this door is closed, but. I feel like there's something on the other side, like we're not done. And then now we're getting a new spinoff. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty collaborative and I feel really lucky. I have worked with Gail Chasen, who is the senior editor for special edition since very early. Um, I think my third book is when I started with Gail and she's also my editor for the HQN books. And you're right. She is just, about the coolest person on earth and has, you know, has such great instincts for things. So, you know, it's really as, as the Magnolia sisters was going along, that's when I start thinking about, okay, but you know, what's next too. And I always think of it as the slutty new idea. It's like, you're, you're kind of, you're writing and you're in the trenches of the, 
of the book, but then it's like, oh gosh, what's next? What's out there for me? (laughs) So yeah, I think, um, and because readers had really responded to the Magnolia Sisters and this, this town of Magnolia, North Carolina, you know, I, I just sort of, as you're saying, I was like, Gail, I don't think I'm done here. And, you know, this character popped into the last Carolina sister as, like I said, the sister of the hero, but she very clearly wanted to come to Magnolia. And so then it was like, what can we do with, what can we do with that? And then you just sort of work back and forth from there. Speaking of editors and stuff like that, I know that you have written a number of books that were part of the Fortunes of Texas series, a long running uh, special edition series that has had so many <laughs> spinoffs from the original Fortunes of Texas. Do they come to you? Like, does your editor come to you and say, hey, we want you to be a part of this? Or how does that whole process work? Yes, initially. Um, and I think... So I'm actually editing right now. It's due next month, my 2022 January Fortunes of Texas book. And I think this is my seventh or eighth year on it. So yeah, there's um, a lovely woman who comes up with sort of the outline of, you know, what's going to be happening that year for the fortunes. And you're right, there are fortunes, um, you know, and mavericks all over the place. Oh, gosh, yeah. Prolific, <laughs> prolific yes. family. So and there, there are so many multiple kids in this. I mean, everybody's having twins and tw- triplets in this. Family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the things for me, you know, I really like about the fortunes is it's kind of fun to to put my spin on their story. And, mm-hmm. and then you also get to, because there are six different authors every year. So, you know, we have a group along with the editors. And so there's a lot of brainstorming and chatting that goes on in there. So it's, it's like this kind of palate cleanser where it's like this fun, fun thing to do with my author friends. So awesome. Uh, Oh, yeah. Is there another category series that you may be interested in writing for? I know that you said super uh, edition, but unfortunately, they're gone. I know. But is there any other ones that are currently being published that you might want to try your hand at? You know, I have always and I have several friends who write for romantic suspense. And I've always, you know, I've always really done straight category, but I love the idea of of suspense and so I do have a couple like nuggets that I'm I'm you know <laughs> sort of turning around just I think from forming a story and adding that that suspense aspect into it would be just another great creative challenge. Oh for sure. Um we are huge fans of the Christmas season and you have written a bunch of books that take place during the holidays. What is it about Christmas that makes it so fun to write stories um, about, like for that time of year? Yes, I am a huge fan of the Christmas series, uh, the Christmas <laughs> books as well. And I have written a lot of them. Um, I think, I mean, I think there's something really, you know, kind of magical. And again, in that, in that there's such just a hope in the air around Christmas and I really love taking characters who who don't believe in the magic of Christmas and kind of showing them that it exists and taking readers along on that story. Plus, I think, you know, I mean, there are a lot of really magical things about Christmas, but for a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of tough emotions around it too. So again, I think the Christmas is just like a great escape to go into to that world. And then there's so many sweet and cute activities. So you just (laughs) know that up for a million adorable scenes there. I Um, think Christmas, I mean, we love Christmas romances. We mm -hmm. start reading them literally like September 1st (laughs) and we read them through the holiday season. But I think that, they would they just sound so 
tough to write. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. easy to read, but like, I can't imagine trying to write one because you read a lot where Christmas is like, it's marketed to us as readers as like a Christmas story, but Christmas happens at the end. And we as romance readers that love Christmas, we're like, we're in it for the romance, but we're also in it for the Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I can't, I don't, you know, I think with Christmas romances as an author, it's tough because I assume because you really have to sell the Christmas. We want to feel the cold weather. We want to smell the hot chocolate. We want to taste the cookies. You know, it's like, it feels like all these extra added layers in that I would just be like, I'm not even going to bother. I'll leave this to the professionals. (laughs) But every time you read a good one, you're like, this is how a Christmas romance Yes. should be done. Yes. Yep. I I I do agree with that. I will say I think for coming off of the Crimson series which was set in Colorado which is very easy to get into the Christmas spirit here because we have a lot of snow here and then going to Magnolia and I had spent a lot of time in North Carolina as a kid but it was always in the summer and so then I I will say initially it was a bit of a challenge for me to think oh my gosh how do I communicate the Christmas spirit but I don't have any snow or cold weather so I felt like there was some fun um Christmas you know Christmas so Magnolia now has this um festival Christmas on the coast. So there's a lot of, there's beachy Christmas, but I I yeah. had a lot of fun doing research for that online. And it's amazing how towns in the South get into Christmas just as, as much as those of us who have the four seasons do. It's true. And I know that like Bree's in San Antonio. So, I mean, it's her and I have a completely different Christmas <laughs> me being in Toronto yeah. Um, okay. So thank you I for the pictures that, that you send me, Sarah. Yeah, I do. I, I'm like, no. um, but it's even her living down there and living in that. I know she'll she'll message me and say, it takes place in a warm climate. That's not Christmas. Really? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you want to step out of your reality in a way, you know, yeah. but yeah. for those of us who grew up in the cold weather with the snow, it, it's just not Christmas without snow. I could never move. Right. Never. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel <laughs> about fall. I need, I need a fall and I need that, that crisp, the, the change yeah. of seasons in the air. But I, I think what you were saying about, you know, your feelings about Christmas to me that I love reading Christmas romance as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it too, is as an adult, there's a lot of pressure and stress around that season. And so you just open this book and it's a great way to escape and to remember all the magical things about, about Christmas. That makes it so much fun. Now you probably you're probably not writing these books anywhere near the Christmas season. So when you're writing them, do you like play Christmas music? Do you do anything to like get yourself in the mood like to write a Christmas story? I I do. So there are a couple of things I do. I don't listen to music when I'm writing, um, but I do have a couple of like favorite Christmas playlists that like I'll go for walks with my dog and I will listen to. And then I have one of those little ceramic trees, like the, with the lights that are built into them. That was my grandmother's. So I put that on my desk and I turn it on and I turn on, you know how you have candles that you have certain scents. So I'll turn on one of my Christmas candles and kind of get in the mood that way. (laughs) i just feel like cinnamon candles (laughs) cinnamon candles and little christmas trees i love it it. in the middle of august (laughs) that was me in 2020 i was like you know what we're just gonna put all the christmas stuff back out and it was like july Yeah, you sort of need it so well and i always find like i'm finishing a christmas book maybe in january or february when in my personal life, I'm done with Christmas until I get, mm-hmm. you know, so yes. So sometimes we just leave the Christmas stuff out for a while. So. And that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> now, when you do a Christmas romance, is that 
you like your choice as the author or is that the editor like hey maybe this next book should be set during the holidays Hmm. like how does that work you know it's a little bit of both um part of it is the publishing schedule but I will tell you I love I love writing Christmas books um so I I a lot of times push for that like October pub date so that I can so that I can make it into something holiday-ish Love it. Um, We see on your Instagram that you have fostered cats. Are you still doing that? And how difficult is it to send them away to their forever home? (laughs) I could do it. (laughs) We do. My family, we do still foster kittens for a local shelter here in Colorado. And in fact, I have three with me right now who are waiting. One of them is kind of small, so she can't have her surgery yet. And the other one needed... um, needed a little eye surgery. So they're with us for a little bit longer. Um, it is hard to let them go, I will say. And, but we have three cats. Um, and my boy cat loves the kittens. My two girl cats want nothing to do with them. Um, But so I, I cry every time, but I also feel like, you know, I, I, I want to be able to keep fostering the kittens. And I think if I started keeping them, my husband would maybe pull the plug on that. So yeah. we're done with yes. this, babe. <laughs> We've got enough now. So, um, but we do, we, we love having the babies here. Oh, and I, I feel like because I put them on Instagram and Facebook, I have, I've had author friends, I've had readers who I've gotten to know who have adopted my kittens. So then I get to kind of stick around as like the kitten godparent and watch them grow up and see pictures. And I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a cat mom. I have two and my mom has one. So we have them here. And I've always said there's no way I could give them up. I would just be overrun with cats. And I have so two when you, old men. <laughs> when you when you decided like I wanna go I wanna go west and yeah. you took that journey, has it been everything that you hoped it would be? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, I you know, I don't know you know when you're when you're twenty if you can exactly know like you think you know what you want your life to be, but, um, but I'm not sure I did. Um, but I, you know, I, I met my husband out here on a blind date and he's from Cincinnati as well. We're from the same hometown. So, and you met in, you met, and we met in Colorado and he was kind of the same way where he had decided he wanted to live out here. So I think, that was really special to have somebody who was, you know, determined to create a life as well. And um, then my sister moved out. And so I always joke with my family, you know, I moved five states away from you guys for a reason and you all followed me. (laughs) But I do, I do think it's, it, you know, it's everything Every, I mean, it's everything I thought it would be and more. And I think a big part of that was, you know, discovering romance and being able to create a career out of that because mm-hmm. I realized how lucky I am to do this job that I would choose to do even if I wasn't getting paid for it. And the, the readers I've met and the people in the romance community like you guys, I mean, I can't imagine anything better you know people say gosh if you know if you were doing your dream job what would it be and I feel like I'm one of the few people who gets to say I'm doing my dream job this is it it. that's awesome have you all explored any of the like the other western states like is there anything is there anything in Colorado if someone's never been you would say go see this I would say, I mean, I think there's a reason that national parks are designated as national parks. So I, we went up to Rocky Mountain National Park 
last summer and my kids who were teenagers had never been there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how beautiful this is. So yes, I would say go to a national park. Um, I, my son is going to college and he wanted to stay out West. So we did a lot of touring this past summer, which was a little strange because of the pandemic. So we were like social distance college touring. Um, But my favorite thing to do in any town I go in is I always find a local bookstore and a local coffee shop because I think you just get such a great sense of the community from, from those places. So um, and we found some really, really cool ones, like in Idaho and Montana. So, yeah, I have places now I want to go back and visit again out west. I love that. It's yeah. like a, a true, I mean, you're an author, but you're a reader at heart, right. too. And that just has reader all over yeah. it. I know. Where's I the know. bookshop and the coffee well, shop? And, and if yeah. together, that's a, even better. As a romance reader, though, you, I, I, and I do, I often go into local bookstores and say, where's your romance section? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> you have to be an advocate for the genre as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so disappointing when you go into one and they're like, oh, I don't have that. It's like uh, the the fiction genre over here. We don't have it. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, we're trying to plan something. I don't know if we're going to be able to do anything this summer because we're still back in lockdown. But my husband is literally planning a vacation around like used bookstores because he loves me that much. He's like, we could go to this one and this one. And I'm like, you're so sweet. You have, you have to love the, the enabling husband, yes. okay? I know, right? <laughs> he told me no more books until I actually bought another bookcase. So I don't see how that's stopping anything. Right? <laughs> well, and I think bookstores, they have the most amazing books, but they also have the most amazing gift sections too, because it's yes. like, gifts for readers so yeah i i had a couple suitcases full of things <laughs> what's one of the last books that you read yeah most recently and this is because my book club's reading it and i absolutely devoured it was um so there are two most recent books i read one was the um it's the Four Winds, right? The newest Kristen Hannah. Oh, I have that. To oh next. gosh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I think she is so gifted in how she does mm-hmm. the details of of stories, and you know, you feel like at least I feel like as an avid reader and an author, maybe I'm a little jaded, and sometimes I read books with that critic's eye but oh my gosh I was crying and laughing and just absolutely engrossed in the story and then somehow I just seen online uh Susan Elizabeth Phillips mentioned or somebody mentioned something about her book uh Kiss an Angel which was a few years old and somehow it was a Susan Elizabeth Phillips book I had never read so that was another one that I, and when I get into a, a book, I have a tendency to end up like in the basement or in the closet hiding from my family and just wanting, I just can't stop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that the four winds, is that's like dust bowl. Yes era yes. right yes. okay yeah. yeah I'm so excited. I'm waiting on the library hold for the audiobook and I can't wait because I just I love historical fiction that feels so new I mean it's so I mean World War II is great okay but like it's taken over historical fiction mm-hmm. and I'm like Dust Bowl era like I've never seen this in historical fiction yeah so and it was I cannot just, wait it was so interesting and fresh and mm-hmm. you know it I felt like it made me want to go, you know, sort of rehash my American history because what an unbelievable time for this country. And then in the author's notes at the end, she was talking about how she was writing it, you know, during the finishing it, 
you know, edits during the pandemic, you know, in the, in the first months of that. And it was just such an unbelievable comparison to the dust bowl yeah. to what, you know, the world went through last year of this really challenging time. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it was like historical fiction, but felt so current in like the emotions she was exploring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, I just say it, that I, I love that you're part of a book club? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, and I will say I bring a, a definite different perspective than, you know, I, I, I tend to, to, I tend to grab onto different things in a book than um, just, just readers do so yeah and I'm always pointing out because it's it's not you know there we have read romance typically when I do a pick it's always romance um but I always love to point out that you know often even in literary fiction or regular commercial fiction there isn't you know there is always a subcurrent of romance in in the books to kind of humanize it or or bring out those emotions so I feel like the romance deserves the respect. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, do you want to do the fill in the uh, sentence there, Bree? All right. Let's do some fill in the sentence and then we'll <laughs> roll into rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> fill in the sentence. When I'm not writing, I'm walking my dogs or reading. Okay. My most comfortable attire is one of my husband's big sweatshirts and yoga pants, typically that I'm yes. wearing multiple days in a row, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has become like our staple wardrobe yeah. pieces. Yeah. Partners uh, shirts. Mm-hmm. My husband at this point is like, can I have any of my clothes? Right? <laughs> and leggings. Yes. <laughs> yes. <the best. laughs> I have day ones and night ones, okay? (laughs) ones and like around the house ones and then going out ones. So, yes. (laughs) The fancy ones. Yes. (laughs) One movie I'll never stop watching is. So, okay, I asked my husband this. I was like, what is this for me? And he said, well, it's got to be Christmas movies because that's what you watch over and over. But I feel like I'm not an over and over movie watcher. However, my daughter and I are about to start Gilmore Girls for the third time. So I think Gilmore Girls is my what I'll never stop watching. That's fair. Oh, I want to watch that with my daughter. She's 12. Yeah. I've never watched it. I You should. I think that's, I mean, it, it does. I, I want to say 12 is maybe when my daughter and I started at 12 or 13. So, and you know, she, and then during the pandemic, she was like, mom, can we just, can we just watch it again? And I was like, heck yes, we can. And so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just such a, such a sweet, sweet story. I'm going to have to get into that because that's one of those things. Like when I came into the bookish community, everybody talks about how they watched Gilmore girls growing yeah. up. And I'm like, where was I? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't watch I it either. The boat. Yeah. I didn't. Have you watched it as an adult? I watched it with her and with and your daughter. Was like, yeah. Where was I at this time? I would have loved this. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage me dreamed of being. A writer and an English teacher. (laughs) Teenage me was kind of boring. So. (laughs) No. (laughs) One hill I will wholeheartedly die on is. That Nicholas Sparks is not a romance writer. Thank you. I have not read many of his books. But I will say, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the few that I read, they were really good. Yes, but they are they not. Are really, they're well written. Great. He is a great writer, but it, they are not romance. So. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire. Here we go. One of the loves of your life is. My family. Hmm. You decide you want takeout for dinner. 
Where are you ordering from and what do you order? I am ordering from Indian chicken tikka masala and naan. Sounds so good. (laughs) (laughs) One category line, and I feel like I may know this now that that we've chatted. One category romance line that you would like to see make a comeback is... Super romance! Super romance. (laughs) So super edition so a special edition is that the new super romance i don't think it's the new super romance because it 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 has been around and um it is it is shorter but but the line has brought in several of the former super romance authors because i think there is a similar sensibility to the to the series Okay. They were originally and, owned by Silhouette. Special yeah. edition was Silhouette and Super Romance was Harlequin. Quinn. Yes. Okay. So I think they got rid of one when they amalgamated. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. And special edition, they seem to be just a little bit thicker than some of the other lines. Have they always been a little bit more in length? Well, they, I, since I've been writing for them, they've kind of varied within a, within kind of a 10,000 word Mm-hmm. sort of variants but right now they're at about 60,000 words which is a little bit longer than like American and Western and Inspired and some of the other category lines okay okay Interesting. the last book that I read was which I think we've talked we talked recently about two recent reads so let's switch it okay. up what is something on your radar that you yes. would like to read soon gosh something on my radar that is a great question um i feel like so one of my favorite authors is sonali dev and i think i don't know if it's out yet or if it's coming out but the um recipe for persuasion persuasion yes Yes, that is one that is definitely on my tbr pile yeah her covers are gorgeous beautiful (laughs) Absolutely. Are you a morning person or a night? hundred percent morning person. I feel like this is a trend with romance <laughs> authors. Right? <laughs> Five o'clock. I've been up since like four thirty. Exactly. <laughs> I'm ready for my pajamas right then. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, one thing you have to have within arm's reach while riding is a warm drink so it might be tea or it might be coffee but even in the heat of the summer I always I always write with a with a hot drink and my little I have a little hot pad that I keep it warm on all day oh, nice. <laughs> it's like a warm hug exactly to the soul. <laughs> I love it I love it <laughs> Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. This has been such an honor. Thank you, ladies, <laughs> so much for having me. You guys, I mean, thank you for all you're doing for the romance community. And it was just so so much fun to be here with you. Thank you. Well, we will have all of your information in the show notes. Definitely check it out. Keep up with Michelle Major. She has major stuff coming out that we're so excited yes. for. <laughs> And we will be back with our next episode next week. So tune in. Thank you, everybody. Bye.